Section 26 of the Library of the World's Best Mystery and Detective Stories, Volume 6. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For information or to volunteer, visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Mary Schneider. Library of the World's Best Mystery and Detective Stories, Volume 6. Edited by Julian Hawthorne. Section 26. The Clever Thief from the tibetan in olden times there lived in a hill town a householder who married a wife of his own caste when a son was born unto him he said to his wife good wife now that there is born unto us a causer of debts and a diminisher of means i will take merchandise and go to sea she replied do so lord so he went to sea with his merchandise and there he died after his wife had got over her mourning, she continued to live, partly supported by her handiwork, and partly by her relatives. Not far from her dwelt a weaver who was skilled in his art, and who by means of adroitness succeeded in everything. Seeing that he, by means of his art, had become well-to-do, she came to the conclusion that weaving was better than going to sea, for when a man did the latter, he needlessly exposed himself to misfortune. So she said to the weaver, O oh brother, teach this nephew of yours to weave. He replied, As that is right, I will do so. The youth became his apprentice, and in a short time learned the art of weaving, for he was sharp and quick. As the weaver wore fine clothes, took good baths, and partook of delicate food, the youth said to him one day, Uncle, how is it that although you and I are occupied in exactly the same kind of work, yet you have fine clothes, good baths, and delicate food, but I never have a chance of such things? The weaver replied, Nephew, I carry on two kinds of work. By day I practice weaving, but by night thieving. If that be so, Uncle, I too will practice thieving. Nephew, you cannot commit a theft. Uncle, I can. The weaver thought he would test him a little. So he took him to the marketplace, purchased a hare there, and gave it to him, saying, Nephew, I shall take a bath, and then return home. Meanwhile, go on roasting this hare. While he was taking his bath, the youth hastily roasted the hare, and ate up one of its legs. When the weaver returned from his bath, he said, Nephew, have you roasted the hare? Yes. Let's see it then. When the youth had brought the hare, and the weaver saw that it only had three legs, he said, Nephew, where is the fourth leg gone? Uncle, it is true that hares have four legs, but if the fourth leg is not here, it cannot have gone anywhere. The weaver thought, Although I have long been a thief, yet this lad is a still greater thief. And he went with the youth and the three-legged hare into a drinking-house and called for liquor. When they had both drunk, the weaver said, Nephew, the score must be paid by a trick. Uncle, he who has drunk may play a trick. Why should I, who have not drunk, do this thing? The weaver saw that the lad was a great swindler, so he determined to carry out a theft along with him. They betook themselves to housebreaking. Once, when they had made a hole into a house, 
the weaver was going to pass his head through the opening and the youth said uncle although you are a thief yet you do not understand your business the legs should be put in first not the head for if the head should get cut off its owner would be recognized and the whole family would be plunged into ruin therefore put your feet in first when the weaver had done so attention was called to the fact and a cry was raised of thieves thieves at that cry a great number of people assembled who seized the weaver by his legs and began to pull him in the youth all by himself could not succeed in pulling him out but he cut off the weaver's head and got away with it the ministers brought the news to the king saying your majesty the thief was himself arrested at the spot where the housebreaking took place but some one cut off his head and went away with it the king said o oh, friends he who has cut off the head and gone away with it is a great thief go and expose the headless trunk at the crossway of the main street then place yourselves on one side and arrest whoever embraces it and wails over it for that will be the thief thereupon these servants of the king exposed the headless trunk at the crossway of the main street and stationed themselves on one side thinking it would be wrong not to embrace his uncle and moan over him the other thief assumed the appearance of a madman and took to embracing men women carts horses bullocks buffaloes goats and dogs afterwards all men thinking he was mad he pressed the headless trunk to his breast wailed over it as long as he liked and then went his way the king was informed by his men that a madman had pressed the headless trunk to his bosom and while he held it there had wailed over it and had then gone away the king said o oh, friends this man of a surety was the other thief ye have acted wrongly in not laying hands upon him therefore shall hands be laid upon you the other thief said to himself if i do not show honor to my uncle i shall be acting badly so he assumed the appearance of a carter and drove a cart up to the spot laden with dry wood when he arrived there he upset the cart with its load of dry wood unyoked the oxen set the cart on fire and then went away the headless trunk was consumed by the flames the king was informed by his men that the corpse was burned and they told him all that had taken place the king said o oh, friends the carter was certainly the thief ye have acted wrongly in not laying hands upon him therefore shall hands be laid upon you the thief said to himself i shall not be acting rightly unless i take soul offerings to the burial place for my uncle so he assumed the appearance of a brahmin and wandered from house to house collecting food from what he collected he made five oblation cakes which he left at the burial place and then went his way the king's men told him that a brahmin had wandered from house to house collecting food and then left five oblation cakes on the spot where the body had been burned and had then gone away the king said o oh, friends that was really the thief ye have acted wrongly in not laying hands upon him the thief thought 
I shall be acting badly if I do not throw my uncle's bones into the Ganges. So he assumed the appearance of a kapalika, a skull-carrying Shiva worshipper, went to the place where the corpse had been burned, smeared his body with ashes, filled a skull with bones and ashes, flung it into the Ganges, and then went his way. When the king had been told by his men all that had happened, he said, Oh, friends, this was really the thief. Ye have acted wrongly in not laying hands upon him. End of section 26